Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. Prepare to gag, yeah. Gays Against Guns is an inclusive direct action group of LGBTQ people and allies committed to nonviolently breaking the gun industry's chain of death. Investors, manufacturers, the NRA, and politicians who block safer gun laws. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to Radio Gag, the weekly Gays Against Guns show. Radio Gag is your weekly update on how to end the horror that is the American gun violence epidemic. I'm your host, Sean Stefanik. And I am Sarah Germaine Lilly. Welcome to Radio Gag. This week, on our show. Gun violence news update for Uvalde from Robert DeDominic. Gun violence prevention activist Sam Schwartz honors his cousin Alex Schachter in his in memoriam. And talks about the survivor sit-in in DC, June 6 to 12th. And now a new editorial from Robert DeDominic on the anniversary of the mass murder at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas last year. This is Robert DiDominic reporting for Radio Gag. One year after Uvalde shooting, investigation of police response continues. On May 24, 2022, 19 children and two teachers were massacred at Uvalde Elementary School in Texas by a crazed gunman with an AR-15. The criminal investigation over the hesitant police response is ongoing, according to an article by the AP News. The police response, what police response? Dozens and dozens and dozens of trained officers stood outside the school for 77 minutes as people were slaughtered, children and teachers. Calls from inside the classroom prove that children were still alive, children that could have been saved. To make a horrific, unimaginable situation even worse, in the days immediately after the attack, Republican lawmakers, like Texas Governor Greg Abbott, initially praised the response, saying it could have been much worse. According to the AP News, the investigation has run parallel to a new wave of public anger in the U.S. over gun violence. Renewed calls for stricter firearm regulations and legal challenges over authorities in Uvalde continuing to withhold public records related to the shooting and the police response. Exactly one year later, who has been held accountable and what progress has been made in the fight for common sense gun reform? A blistering report from Texas lawmakers proved there were 400 police officers on the scene that day, and not one of them was brave enough to take on an 18-year-old with an assault weapon. Uvalde School's police chief was fired by trustees. Five officers that were put on leave were fired or resigned. Texas Department of Public Safety Colonel Steve McCraw has not resigned, much to the dismay of grieving parents. Uvalde Mayor Don McLaughlin, still frustrated that the investigation is taking so long, said they don't have answers to simple questions they should have. Aren't you the mayor? It seems like you could be doing more to hold people accountable. President Biden did sign the most sweeping gun violence bill in decades into law in the aftermath of the shooting. But frankly, that bill barely scratched the surface of what is actually needed to save lives. 
Why wasn't raising the minimum age required to buy an assault weapon including in the bill? Governor Abbott has fought tooth and nail against these new laws, making Texas the favorite state for NRA members. Fittingly, last year Abbott was elected to a third term. Once again, voters voting against their own interests. Abbott carried Uvalde with a whopping 70% of the vote. Some Uvalde families have filed lawsuits against the gunmakers and law enforcement. One year later, barely anyone has been held accountable. And frankly, nothing has changed. Ban assault weapons now. Honor those we lost, not with thoughts and prayers, but with action. This is Robert D. Dominic reporting for Radio Gag. So how do you feel with this anniversary? It felt really poignant seeing the, the pictures of the kids playing in the New York Times. Honestly, I'm still very sad by how how it all happened. I'm still mostly I think I'm disgusted more than anything when I remember the uh, incident at hand, the massacre. And, uh, you know, we remember the horrible police response or just plain lack thereof, as the case was. But the, the most disgusting thing that still angers me as much now as it did a year ago is when I think about how they had to use DNA samples to identify the children because they had their bodies had been so badly impacted by the assault rifle that was used to take their lives. Yes, this week marks a year since more than 20 families lost loved ones in the small community of Uvalde, Texas. In every case of these murders, the family and communities continue to cope with the loss of their loved ones over time. Some become activists, working with us, and for, and for those who they've lost. And for the day where no one will fear being murdered at a grocery store or a holiday parade. This in memoriam for Alex Schachter is written and read by Sam Schwartz for his cousin. This is Sam Schwartz. This is an in memoriam for my cousin, Alex Schachter. Alex was a fabulous kid with his whole life ahead of him. He was just 14 years old when he was tragically killed during the mass shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School on February 14, 2018 in Parkland, Florida. Alex was one of the first students to be killed when the shooter entered the freshman building, armed with an AR-15 that he aimed through the window in Alex's classroom door, killing him and two other classmates. The shooter then continued on his rampage, and within three and a half minutes fired 139 rounds, shooting 34 children and educators, 17 fatally. Alex loved the marching band and played the trombone as part of his school's Eagle Regiment band. He also loved watching the Japanese anime series Naruto and playing basketball. His favorite song was 25 or 6 to 4 by the band Chicago. He was looking forward to seeing Black Panther but never got the chance. He dreamed of attending the University of Connecticut. Thank you. So once again, a cousin lost, not there, at Thanksgiving, at the holidays, on the first day of spring, to see the Black Panther. So activists are making an all-out push to get Senator Schumer to bring the assault weapons ban to a vote. 
The bill needs bipartisan support to become law, and this is unlikely. Gays Against Guns and other groups want this vote because it will show Americans if their elected officials care about their lives or support the billions in profits that gun manufacturers make. No one has been working harder on this accountability vote than Sam Schwartz. Sam is organizing the Survivor Sit-In in D.C. June 6th through the 12th. Gun violence prevention groups from all over the country, including GAG, will be there. Hey, listeners. We are here with Sam Schwartz from Florida. And Sam lost his cousin in the Parkland shooting. And he has organized a major sit-in that's going to take place on the Capitol steps in Washington, D.C., June 6th to 12th. So welcome to the show today, Sam. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me on, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to be able to talk about this sit-in and and my experiences with with being in the gun violence prevention movement and maybe uh, how you guys can all help uh, with the sit-in. I'm I'm very excited. So thank you for having me on. Sure. Okay, so let's talk about it. Um, Why are you doing it? and what is planned yeah so as was just mentioned um my cousin alex Schachter was was killed by a gunman with an ar-15 in parkland florida and that was in 2018 and so it has been five years since his life was um brutally taken from my family he was in his english class and um it was just over in an instant uh so since then i have been fighting for a federal assault weapons ban for five years now and so I've made dozens of trips to D.C. and I have met with so many lawmakers that I honestly have lost count at this point. They just do not care about what happened in Parkland or or any other mass shooting that's happened since. Like, you know, they'll be on Twitter and on, on, on MSNBC talking about how desperately change is needed and like how we need gun reform immediately. But after the cameras and, and the eyes are off them, they are not pushing for anything. And it's like, I can't even put into words how depressing and mind numbing it is to see the same event unfold over and over and over again to families, just like my family, who never thought this issue would touch them and and seeing them basically uncontrollably sob on the news and then seeing our government just do absolutely nothing every single time. Um, And it's been five years for me and I still think that I would have just no idea what to say to them to help them. Like I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, like, like, what do you even say to someone who that's happened to, especially whose kid has just been gone away in an instant? Like in, in Uvalde, these kids are having to be DNA tested because there's nothing left to identify. So uh, all of that was basically just me saying, uh, you know, what we've been doing has not been working. You know, like the calls and the lobbying and the meetings, like literally nothing. It, it, none of it's worked. So last summer, the vets did something. They did a sit-in is basically what I'm doing now. And, and so they're sitting they they had been promised that the the pact act was going to pass uh the house and the senate and then at the last second a lot of the republican votes switched from a yes to a no so the pact act was put in jeopardy and they were all just like man what do we even do how do we how do we convince them and so they were going to go home and then they just decided to sit on the steps um and they were not going to leave until it get, it got passed and it was very organic they they didn't have a like they didn't set this up they didn't plan this it was literally just I think two people, Rosie Torres and I think her husband, but they just sat on the steps and they just want to change. And so I remember seeing that on the news and, and I was very, very inspired by that. So after Nashville, 
I kind of hit a place where I was just like, what are what are we doing as the gun violence prevention movement? Like, you know, we we are calling and lobbying practically every day, but 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 nothing is working. So after Nashville, I kind of was like, okay, we probably need to do something different. So I I decided to plan this sit-in. And the sit-in's demand is is very simple. Um, we want an assault weapon ban vote in both houses of Congress. And we are going to be calling out the Democratic Party for not fighting for our right not to be shot. We don't want words. We want action. Uh, I, I, along with everyone else who will be there, and, and that includes uh, family members of victims who have lost their lives in shootings, survivors of mass shootings, we are done. We want action. This is our breaking point. So we're going to be sitting in June 6th to 12th uh, at the Capitol for 23 hours a day for six straight days. And we are prepared to sit longer if need be until we get a vote. And so, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, you know, as you talk, it just gets me fired up because we cannot just sit around and wait for another shooting to happen, a shooting of any kind. But no. these assault weapons and these mass shootings are inevitable. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I don't want to live in that country. And yeah. that's why I'm with you. So uh, can you tell us, do you just want people to come to D.C. and sit in on those days? Is there a process? Um, there's really no process. If, if you're listening to this and you want to help and you want to be a part of this, literally just come to D.C. June 6th. Uh, we'll start at 9 a.m. and just show up at the Capitol and you'll see us. It's it's the it's the side of the Capitol that faces the SCOTUS building. So don't go like where January 6th happened, kind of go around to the back. And uh, you'll see us. Uh, I think we might be a, a little across the street from that because we have a permit from Capitol Police. But but you'll see us and I'll be on Twitter. Um, you just type my name, Sam Schwartz, on Twitter and you can see all the updates. Um, and yeah, you, you got, I would love for everyone to join us. Like I want as many people there as possible. And I want this is not about me or any one group. I should say that this this event is non-branded no organizations, no logos. So, I mean, there are organizations taking part. Like this is actually turning into like one of the first times that every gun violence prevention group has worked together on something. And the way I got them to do that was I was just like, let's not come together as such and such name and such, you know, like let's let's all come together as individuals. Let's support people who have lost their victims. Let's, let, let's just do this as Americans who are tired of this literally plague and stain and embarrassment to our country to the rest of the world so just just come as a human being who's 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 tired and ready for change that's that's all got it it sounds great sam you have some experience with lobbying like you said you've been at it for five years and you yep. have an amazing story about uh representative fitzpatrick who is a republican oh, yeah. i believe from pennsylvania do you want to tell us about that yeah, so the first time I met with Representative Fitzpatrick was last summer. Um, so that would be 2022. Like it was before the Safer Communities Act passed, maybe maybe two weeks before. And um, I think we had a meeting with his staff member and it, I, I like we didn't know that he would be there or anything. And so Poe Murray, Angela Weber, my mom, I think Kristen Song uh, was there. And we were meeting with his law member. Then all of a sudden, Representative Fitzpatrick came in. And, and that was, um, I think, the first representative that I met that trip. And I was very like, oh, wow, this is a Republican. Like, nothing's going to happen. We'll, I'll say my piece. And then he'll move on. And he'll, he'll, he'll be like, man, that's so sad. But get out of my office. You know, like, I thought that's what would happen. He actually sat down and took a picture of my cousin. And I could tell it heartfully 
like looked at it and looked at me and was like, so what is your ask? And, and he was, and I, I, I said to him, like, we would love a Republican to vote yes on the assault weapons ban and, and just kind of show the country that this is not a political issue. And I hate that it's been made into a political issue and just show that we are tired of this issue as humans. And he didn't give me a straight answer right away. Um, so, you know, I think it was a lot for him. I understand the pressure he was on. I mean, he would be going against his entire party. He he could risk the NRA going after him. He could risk not getting funding from the Republican Party in re-election. I mean, there's so many things that he would have to fight against. So, I mean, I understand how this is very difficult for a lot of Republicans. Anyway, I leave. I write him a letter. Um, I wrote. I, I mean, I spent like a day on it. Just a very heartfelt letter, like, "Hey, Representative Fitzpatrick, I, I, um, I met with you. I talked to you about the FBI. He, he was a former FBI agent, and you know, we had this connection. And I would hate to lose that. Um, if you have any questions, please email me, text me, whatever. Didn't hear anything from him. The next week, uh, I go there, and this is the the week of the bill being put on the House floor for a vote, and uh, we. Right. I, we're going to his office to, to meet with him to see if he's there. He's not there. So we walk away. And then all of a sudden he comes out of the elevator and he's right there. And I don't know if he remembered us, actually, but he remembered the conversation we had. And we 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 just said very few words to him. Um, I said, let's 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 do this. This is a, a ban on assault weapons and this is save kids lives. It's not it's not it's not Democrats trying to win over Republicans. It's not political. And uh, then he went and voted yes. And I honestly could not believe it. I mean, it was an amazing moment to see his name vote yes. I mean, I was just so happy. I will never forget that moment. And so he is an he is Amer he's an American hero in my eyes that he went against his entire party who is who would rather, you know, spout conspiracy theories and 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 give a, a number of reasons why these shootings happen instead of the real answer which is literally just the guns. And he just he voted yes and I couldn't believe it. So he's uh he's a yes for next year or for this year too. He'll vote yes again. And so he is the key to getting Republican votes. So he is an American hero and I cannot thank him enough. And yeah, it was, it's amazing. Yeah. But let me tell you, wow. You know, oh my God, you know, I mean, come on, we're losing lives. We're talking about kids here. We're talking about people here. Yeah. We're talking about Americans here, but we're talking about around the world. Now America is exporting our violence and has been for a while. Yeah. And, but, and uh, by, the way, yeah. by the way, I was not the only person to like make an impact on him. Um, Poe Murray and Angela Weber and all of Newtown Action Alliance had been working him for a long time. I'm not saying I was the one who got him to vote yes, but you know, I just feel like I had a connection with him and I just am so happy that he, he voted yes. Like it was a remarkable moment. So I just have to say yeah. it wasn't just me. It was it was the work of tons of people, tons of activists who 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 pushed this fight along every single day. Well, you know, you reminded me before, um, this is this thing, Tich Nhat Han, are you the drop of water or are you the wave? You are both all the time. And that is the mystery and the magic, you know? This is Radio Gag, the Gays Against Guns show. You can hear us on any podcast platform. We want to hear from you. Leave a message after you listen. After five years of podcasting, Radio Gag is developing and changing. Tell us what you love about Radio Gag. Or tell us what really makes you gag about gun violence.
We're going to listen to Sam Schwartz. Tell us about the Senate holdouts, a surprising number of Democrats who refused to co-sponsor the assault weapons ban in order to push it to an accountability vote. And he also tells us about the deadly nature of AR-15s. Let's listen. So um, how about the uh, Democratic holdouts? Why, who are these people uh, that we're lobbying right now to get them to sign on to sponsor the assault weapons ban so we can get it to a vote? Yeah, so I think there are eight Senate Democratic holdouts and I think there's like, I'm not sure, there's at least 10 uh, in the House. Um, so, I mean, I have my reasons of why they're probably not co-sponsoring. The main one is probably that Schumer is defending them. And these are the most moderate Democrats in the entire Senate. Um, we're talking about people like um, Manchin and Heinrich and Cinema and Angus King. I mean, these names are not like your your average Bernie Sanders. Okay, they're, they're like very split down the middle. Um, so they caucus with the Democrats, obviously, but they're not exactly like a sure, a sure in vote. So I think Schumer is defending, defending his moderate Dems. That's why he won't put the assault ban up for a vote because he absolutely can right now. He could do it right now if 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 he wanted to. So, you know, they could be afraid of reelection. But uh, what I've actually seen is the most moderate Dems want to keep their seat with Republicans, like they want to keep a seat at the table with them. So if they co-sponsor the assault weapons ban right now, they're going to lose that. So, for example, Mark Kelly, I just had a meeting with his team. And he um, he tells Republicans to to co-sponsor this and to join him. Yet he's not even a co-sponsor himself. So I have no idea what he's actually doing there. Um, he might be playing the long game. But when I I mean I'm, when I tell people that Mark Kelly isn't a co-sponsor, their their jaws drop. I mean it's insanity that he hasn't. Um, so I, I mean he by the way he is at the forefront of an international crisis. Uh, I mean as a senator from Arizona there's a the, the Republicans love to talk about the fentanyl crisis. And I, I don't know if you wanted to talk about this more in depth later, but I just, I have to mention this um, because this is of his course. issue. This is his issue. There are 200,000 guns um, being exported, smuggled really uh, from the United States to Mexico annually. I think 70% of those guns recovered at crime scenes in Mexico are traced back to the United States. So the Mexican cartel then uses these guns and many of them are assault weapons from America to push fentanyl back across the border. So then Republicans who are refusing to address the gun violence epidemic in America, then they blame President Biden and then they blame Democrats for the fentanyl and border crisis. So the fact that Senator Kelly is not addressing this issue is is apparent. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, but he he has told us that he wants to sit at the table with Republicans, yet I've seen no movement with Republicans. So I don't know what he's doing. But I would like to say the rest of the names of the Democratic Senate holdouts, because that's really my focus right now. So. Their senators' names are Cantwell, Heinrich, Kelly, as I just said, King, Manchin, Ossoff, if, if you can believe that. He actually, his his platform running for election was that he would ban assault weapons. Uh, and then Cinema, who's really not even a Democrat anymore, um, and Tester. So those are the eight. And you can look up the Senate or the, sorry, the congressional switchboard number just on any browser and call it and ask for these senators and say, co-sponsor this bill. What are you doing? Kids are dying. Families are dying. Um, that's what we need. We need people to be calling them. If you can't make it to the sit-in, please call their offices like all day, every day for the time that we're there. 
that would be very helpful. So that that's my thoughts and speculations on why they haven't co-sponsored. Um, I don't have a definitive answer because obviously I don't have their numbers and I don't talk to them like ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Schumer is defending them, really. He's trying to keep his majority. I mean, Schumer is like one of the most effective politicians I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm only 19, but this guy knows what he's doing. Um, so he's probably playing the long game, whereas he's trying to keep his majority. So yeah, that that that's my speculation. But it is horrible and they should be there should be shame put onto them for doing this yeah well let me just express my frustration because schumer is my senator uh, and my neighbor here in brooklyn and i have been calling him every week and i i think he might have blocked my cell phone number at his third <laughs> office because i got a hang up the other day i'm trying to get in there with a petition of names from my church <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm a church lady, block. <laughs> but yeah. uh, let's remind people too that um, Mark Kelly is the husband uh, and the dear heart of Gabby Giffords, who miraculously survived a shooting when she was doing a meeting with her constituents in a supermarket parking lot. And uh, Ms. Cantwell, I mean, I love Washington State, uh, but they have, they just passed a statewide assault weapons ban. So come on, Senator Cantwell, let's, let's give the love nationally too and sponsor this bill. Yeah, you know what's crazy about Senator Cantwell? Um, I think she's from Washington, right? Yeah, so yeah, Washington. Washington. Yeah, as you just said, Washington just passed their assault weapons ban bill. And in the House, we have another one who's just like her, um, Representative Glusenkamp Perez. And I just met with her staffer, and they are a hard no on co-sponsoring. And their reasoning is, oh, we just want to hunt. And I mean, it's laughably stupid. I mean, who in God's name needs an AR-15 style rifle to hunt? There, is, there will be nothing left of what you're hunting when you use that, that, that caliber bullet and that style of, of, a, of a weapon against a deer. Like, are you kidding me? These guns are designed to blow off people's heads from a long distance. They're literally made and manufactured for the military, and then they were marketed to citizens, in the, citizens and law enforcement in the 70s. Okay, so I, I, want, I want to talk about just quickly the damage that, that this, this weapon can do, because I think this is something that a lot of people don't realize. The reason that a lot of people are not trying to ban handguns is that Yes, a lot of, lots of handguns are used in, in mass shootings, but the 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 most deadly mass shootings all have they're all an AR-15 style rifle. And the reason that that the AR-15 style rifle is able to do so much damage is because of the the type of bullet and what that gun is designed to do to the human body. When a handgun uh, bullet goes through your body, it's a clean exit. That's why a lot of people can survive that. Um, you know, a bullet can be potentially fatal no matter what gun is used, but a handgun bullet, people survive that all the time. Okay. However, when you use an, uh, an AR-15 or an AR-15 style rifle, your body is destroyed. It's the hole is about the, the entrance hole is about the size of a dime and the exit hole is about the size of an orange. And it's 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 probably going to be at a different point in your body than the entrance hole because it bounces around your internal organs. That That's what that bullet is designed to do. So that's why when you see 
um, you know, Uvalde and there's like 21 people dead or, or, or like the Las Vegas shooting where there's like upwards of 50 people dead or the pole shooting where there, I think there was like 49 people dead. That's why they go into these places with, and they're at point blank range. Some of them with a weapon that's designed to tear your body apart. So these people are sometimes being shot for 13 times at a time and their, their body is just gone. So that's why these, the, these, these national shootings, um, the ones that the whole country knows about. That's why they're. That's why they have the most casualty amount because they're using an AR-15 style rifle. So to to Gluten Camp Perez, I just don't understand. I mean, her state just passed an assault weapons ban, and she's going to protect people's right to hunt over kids' lives. And I mean, we're not trying to ban hunting. You can use an ordinary hunting rifle. Why do you need an AR-15? And so I just think a lot of these people want to feel like they're in the military. Like they want to feel like they're big and strong and like have their have their weapons and look cool like 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 like, Ram like Rambo or something. And it's just hor like this culture is killing so many people a day in mass shootings. And when are we going to decide that maybe it's not the best thing to have these guns just legal anymore? Like when are we going to decide that? So that's been my thing for a while just trying to tell people that like actually the damage that these weapons do people don't realize how much more significant it is than a regular handgun i mean it's 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 insane yeah uh, marie glusenkamp perez from washington's third district yeah glusenkamp perez i know i've called her before and i'm gonna call her again because uh my family is from washington state and when i used to go and visit my grandpa's hunting rifle was under the bed and he was not known in the um, in the community for his um, you know proper behavior with his uh, weapon. L luckily, you know, um, I don't know of any terrible family stories about anybody getting hurt with it either. But it was a hunting rifle, and hunting was yeah. a big thing in my family. Yeah. But this is just ridiculous. We're just supporting the gun industries manufacturing you know, millions of these weapons, making billions of dollars in profit, and yeah. it's all American blood. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, speaking about their profit, so since Newtown, there have been 13.7 million AR-15s manufactured by US gun manufacturers since the Newtown massacre, massacre, and that was 2012, okay? So it's been a little over 10 years now. And so manufacturers have made Get this, $11 billion in revenue off the production of assault weapons used to murder hundreds of Americans. This is ridiculous. We are literally putting profit and an literal weapons made for war, assault weapons, over American and kids' lives. That's the, This country needs a culture change immediately. Like, we needed it last week. It's it's I, I can't even fathom how anyone could sit here and go, yeah, no, it's probably not the guns. It's it's mental health. It's it's fatherless homes. It's drag queens. It's, really? Yeah. It's a new definition of obscenity is what it really is. It's obscene. Well, listen, yeah. let's, let's wrap up and let's talk about the positive because we're not just sitting around and we're not going to take it anymore. We're going to go to D.C. Or we're going to sit in. So um, tell us once again um, how people can uh, support the sit in and support you and what you're doing. Um, so, I mean, this is a podcast, so I can't really like put anything in the chat, but um, uh, my Twitter is Sam Schwartz 3 If you go to there, you will see all the information that you need to join. Like there's a flyer on there um, that you can just like save to your phone and it has all the details of the dates and where to go. That's, that's what I would say. 
and yeah, I mean, if you don't have Twitter, just come to DC starting June uh, 6th at 9 a.m. and go to the, the uh, side of the Capitol that faces the SCOTUS building and we will be there and, and you'll see us, you'll see a large group of us and we are not leaving until we get something. So, yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Sam Schwartz, and we'll see you in DC. See you in DC at the Survivor Sit-In, June 6th through the 12th. Follow SamSchwartz03 on Twitter. It's time to end our show. To find out more about working with us, please go to gazeagainstguns.net or follow us at Gays Against Guns New York on Facebook and Instagram or Gag No Guns on Twitter. Everybody is welcome at any and all gag events. Gays Against Guns will be at the sit-in somewhere between June 6th through the 12th. Some of our upcoming actions will be this event in DC, the Survivor Sit-In, Pulse Massacre Memorial on June 12th. You can always tune into Radio Gag for more details on that. Or why don't you come to our big meeting tonight, 7 p.m.? We meet in person at 7 p.m. at the LGBTQ Center on 13th Street in Manhattan. Or you can go to gagsignup at gmail.com. Gagsignup at gmail.com and uh, let us know that you would like a Zoom link to um, attend the meeting remotely. Thanks for listening. And we are back with a new episode every week. And don't forget, you can listen to our previous shows at any time on the WBAI website or on BRIC, B-R-I-C, Free Speech Radio, or on any major podcast platform. If you miss us on WBAI, check your podcasts. We're here for you. And now we leave you with our fabulous singing quartet. Sing out, Louise. Well, I think it would be nice if we could break your lobby. Cause no, not every lobby knows how to lobby like you. No. And you never think twice before you take our dreams away. Well, we say and all the cash you blew. Oh yeah, you bought up Congress for 20 million and then the White House 30 million more. Well, you can spend your heart out a billion zillion. We don't care about your money. We are showing you the door. Cause we gotta have faith. We gotta have faith. Oh yeah, we gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. We gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. Baby, we won't go back to yesterday. So please, 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 sashay away. You were giving us the blues. Baby, we're gonna break the money chain. Then we won't have to feel the pain of another day loaded down with a lot of bad news. Just watch this river become an ocean. Listen, do you hear that mighty roar? Yeah, baby, we'll keep resisting your evil notions. We have had it up to here and we are showing not one more. Cause you gotta have faith. We gotta have faith. Oh yeah, we gotta have faith, the faith, the faith. We gotta have faith, the faith, the faith, the faith. Ah.